For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yeah, the first technique I learned was a punch. Welcome to episode three of Believe in the Punch podcast with me, your host, Karate Cam. In today's match chat, I sit down with a very good teammate and friend of mine in Shannon Nishi Patton. She's an extremely decorated athlete with multiple world medals, an 18-time undefeated national champion, and two-time Pan American Games gold medalist. Now, all the accolades aside, something I admire about her, and one of the reasons I've always looked up to Shannon, is the fact that she's an amazing coach. Her and her club are hosts to several junior and senior national team members, but most notably, she coached the women's senior national team to a bronze medal at the 2016 World Championships. Now kick back and enjoy how we cover not only what makes a great athlete, but a great coach, and also how to have fun within the whole process. Welcome to episode three of Believe in the Punch. Today, join none other than the Shannon Nishi Patton. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm great. Welcome. And I, so, so for the people that don't, I've, I've known you since like essentially day one, like you, you go back, we go back forever. <laughs> I just remember one of the distinct memories. Okay. And like, this goes towards not only her personality, but the fact that she is someone that I idolize as well as look up to. Right. But I was like, I remember was like, I was a young and maybe 11 years old at us open. And my mom gave me, she, she, you know, this story as I'm bringing it up. Right. So like, yeah, I, I brought, my mom got me this like big old, like New York style slice of pizza. It was like late. It, it was like, it was later into the evening. People were competing. All the advanced divisions were going and Shannon out of nowhere, just like puts her face in my eye level and goes, Hey, give me a bite of that. And I was like, wait, what? No, you're not allowed to be talking to me. Like, you're like, you're like, you're up there. And I'm like, what? You're like a little kid. I, I freaked out. I freaked out after it, but yeah. So I think just like, it's, it's a silly story, but it goes to like, just like the kind of person that she is and like, does not matter. Like always going to be the same person in all situations. Hungry, you know? hungry, hungry, hungry at all times. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> oh man do you how did you even get going into karate oh god I was I was that kid that I watched like all the Bruce Lee all the Van Dan all the Steven Seagal movies like I was doing like I thought I was a ninja um and my A plus program at YMCA when I was really young actually had a um, class going on. And every time my A plus leader couldn't find me, she would automatically go to the class and I'd be sitting outside watching. And um, I basically begged my parents forever. Like it felt like eternity in real life. I'm not sure how long it took them to say yes, but eventually 
they agreed to let me start and it was that was it I was hooked it was uh yeah me (laughs) what what was like why did they not let want you to start karate in the first place I think a lot of parents nowadays might have similar thoughts you know um no so my parents it was just we were very active children like we did soccer baseball like um tap dancing ice skate I mean you name it my mom had us in a sport and so I think for my mom it was like oh my god I have to take them to something else you know and yeah. so <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. it had anything to do with the actual sport um I think it was just more of like do I have the time to actually add something else to the plate and so yeah but there is my my father's dad was a boxer and both my parents were very like athletic competitive people and kind of feisty. So it wasn't like, Oh my God, I don't want them like fighting or anything like that. Yeah. 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 No, it it seems like a, like a pretty smooth transition. Like did you, so when was the time then I guess like that karate became serious for you? So for, again, for anybody listening at this point, Shannon is OG national team. Like we're talking multi Pan American games, uh, champion, world medalist, just the list goes on with her. So like when, like, when did it actually become something like an activity that was serious for you? Um, the very first tournament I went to. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so, so how, how long in did, like, how, how long did it take you to go to your first event? Oh your first God, like a month, maybe two. Yeah, like, right in. So in, in Hawaii, um, we had tournaments probably, every other month like there like we had a lot of tournaments growing up local tournaments obviously and I didn't know this story but my very first tournament I went to I I still like I was only a white belt and um we were doing weapons and I lost and I was uh crying and my dad actually was the one who told me this story um I was crying he said like it was like the most helpless feeling he's ever like felt and he was like is this the right thing for us to put her in and then I went up to my dad and he's like I didn't even know what to say to you and I put my hand on my shoulder and I was young I feel like I was like six or seven six maybe six and I put my hand on him and I said don't worry dad this will never happen again I won't lose I was like yeah I, was, I told my dad I was like oh my god I was crazy from the get-go <laughs> So it's amazing. Apparently from um from my first tournament and my first nationals was I think I was seven. Um like I already like we jumped right in. It was a AU nationals. Yeah. So <laughs> And when you did that, did like did the other sports like slow down at all? No. I mean I played sports I played multiple sports my senior year. I mean, all throughout high school like I was like a four letterman like three letterman like yeah I I mean some seasons like I played varsity soccer and softball during the same season like I mean during the same time like I would yeah Yeah, yeah. like one one would be one practice to the other yeah yeah and so um no like I we were raised busy and playing sports and I loved it so it didn't down anything it helped i think what it did was help me with all my other sports <laughs> so then actually that's what i was going to ask you right after is like did, did you see like did you notice any transitions or like translations i guess between the sports like one helping the other and like how how did they 
Oh my God. They like, I think cross training sports, doing other sports, no matter what they are, everything helps everything. Like, um, just overall athleticism, then, you know, like you're playing a ball sport, eye-hand coordination, then you're in karate, someone's kicking and punching at you. And it's like, you see everything so much better. And um, I think just the fact that I was like busy 24-7, like I was always like in training mode. <laughs> like I, there was no getting ready for anything. Yeah. So yeah. It, all, it all was playing off of each other. And it's funny that you did that. I was the kid that, played other sports my my mom in particular would put me in other sports but I sucked at everything else like I was like a I was just a chubby kid you know growing up and I was just so bad at other sports and I would like I would I, like to this like, I love basketball now but man playing like childhood basketball was a mess I didn't know what was going on I shot on the wrong hoops like you talk about that kid I was that kid and then it just happened to be that, like, whenever we were at the dojo, it, it just felt like a comfort zone. And then that's like, that would be self-explanatory. It just kind of worked its way. It clicked. It Everything clicked. just clicked. Yeah. Just on a different level, though. It wasn't even like the sport, you know? Like, it was just like the fact that I enjoyed being there, the, you know, just the, the people. I like, I, you know, like when you were a kid and you had multiple friend groups invited to your birthday party, that was what it was. It was like the school group and then karate, karate the dojo friends. group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, right. And never really happened with any other sport, right? So it just happened to be that I, I had the best personal time, experience. I guess. In, in, yeah, yeah experience in the dojo. All around was great. Right. And then, so I know that you continue to play other sports into college, uh, what were they? If wait, were, did you play multiple? No, I just played college basketball. I, this is not a just, but yeah. So you played college basketball, <laughs> yeah, and then continued to train and karate on the yeah at the same time. So I I had a ACL injury, my first ACL injury as a junior in high school, and so I stopped karate for a while. And um, my senior year, I didn't go back to karate. I basically um, just did basketball. I went to college, played college my freshman year. In my freshman year, I was just like, all right, I think I'm ready for um, karate again. And I always wanted to, I always actually wanted to go to Worlds. And my, in my head, my goal was to be the youngest world champion in the senior division. And um, so I was like, all right, now's the time. So I went back to uh, the dojo and then I went to Worlds that year. I think I went to maybe Chile, like a junior trip too that year. And so I just, uh, I was off for a couple of years, jumped right back in and it was seamless. Like I, I think when I was younger, um, basketball was like what I loved like I played all the other sports and it was just like very fun but basketball was like what I loved and the older I got I realized like karate was actually what I was like born to do interesting you know you're, you're talking about higher yeah. level functioning there like I don't think a lot of people know like that that's like a big time feeling you know like I felt like I was just born to do karate I, you know as well I've always been a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> I, weirdo intuitive I mean two very different things but similarly linked you know <laughs> but yeah. wow okay so then when when were you still in college when you went to your first world yeah the freshman <clears throat> freshman in college oh wow freshman yeah is uh so my first like tournament back I competed 
in the adult division and I I always I'm not like good with dates or tournaments but I feel like my first big competition was either world or it was Chile. Did you go to Chile the junior Pan Am? Uh no 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 no. You're too, yeah. you're you're yeah, I was about you're to say it was, we're talking about two different classes right. You were already like all up in the seniors yeah. when I got on the national program. I was I was already geriatric. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So my either first tournament back was senior, like big tournament, like legit tournament. I think I went to like nationals and then it was an international event and <clears throat> it was Worlds or Chile. And I can't recall which one went first. Yeah. And then like you continue, how long did you compete for? I'm just going to like kind of flow through your, I guess your competition career here. You, How long did you compete for before you stopped and you switched over to coaching for a little while. So I competed once I was back, I was definitely back. So I started up again at like 18, 19 and then uh, competed. I retired at 27, but from 18 to or 19 to 27, I had three more ACL surgeries. So a total of four. So I was definitely in and out of competitions based on the circumstances of my knees that did yeah, not like me. Yeah, I feel like an ACL would do it. Yeah, no, and wait, wait we're all that way. Not on the same one, were they? So I have three on my right, one on my left. What, what would, and this is just me not knowing and being curious, what would create the continuous strain, right? So like after you get an ACL surgery, you would like, just as a general person would think, okay, like I'm good to go now. And then is it just like one wrong movement and then it goes back bad again so, or, or it tears again or anything like that? All of it was basketball. And um, we, <clears throat> like for me in my head, I know why, but I'm also like not a doctor or like no kinesiology major, but we practice, we had like so many um, different floors in college and majority of our practices were in like, not like, the arena and so when you play and you're like stopping uh there's like a lot of slide like it's like the kind like you're spitting on your hands like you're trying to get grip on the floor and every time I tore it it was our first practice back in the arena and the arena was so sticky like when you walk you're like oh and you're tripping and so yeah I personally feel like it was the like my body like it was always the very first practice back I would do something it was non-contact it was like me crossing over me stopping something and it would be like and I'm like damn it yeah, I just did got... it again no. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh so, oh my gosh wow yeah wow so three ACL surgery or three knees sorry like all ACL or all different parts of your knee ACL all were ACL paired with like some meniscus some PCL issues like whatever but like there's always you say some complications <laughs> you're saying this in so there relaxed. yeah I was about <laughs> to say like that's a lot going on right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then 27 and then switched over to coaching for how long before you came back to competing uh god I coach I don't know. I, whenever the announcement was that karate was going to be in the Olympics and I was like, Oh, huh. I think I'm going to come back again. <laughs> like, I don't know. There we go. <laughs> I don't know when they announced it. Um, when I was like younger, I always like promised myself if karate, I mean the dream for every karate athlete, I, at least I think anyone competitive is like, I want to be in the Olympics. I want to be in the Olympics. And so when it wasn't, um, like happening during my time I was just like well if it ever does like no matter what my age is 
I at least want to try so I can at least say I tried for my dream that I've had since a child and so when it actually happened I was just like all right well let's see what this old body can do <laughs> which I mean you prove I mean like yeah it proved that like literally I mean it's not even that you're old but like the fact that you were able to come off of that and then come back and win Pan American Games last year, like you're talking about. Come on, now that's that's high level functioning, you know, at its best, right there. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like I coached maybe like three or four years, like national coaching, three or four years, maybe. Yeah, I was. I had my last year on the junior national team when that was like your time, coach. You, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I of course. We, I we had a trip together. It was uh, a Bolivia. Yeah, yeah. Bolivia. Through. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. And then after that, I was like, no, nah, I don't. No, I'm. I'm. I've definitely aged out of this group. So, and then we moved on. <laughs> yeah. Moved on. What was like? What was like the best? I say memory from, or like what something you continuously can look back on as like a go-to story throughout your career. Oh God! Like as an athlete or as a coach or yeah let's start with being an athlete oh go to memory um I was rascal so probably all the pranking like I think probably the most pranking that I did was in Serbia so um pranked a lot of the guys um it's just how I rode some uh training camps that the Olympic Training Center, there was a lot of pranking going on there. Um, so I definitely like a good prank. I like getting pranked so that I can feel less bad about pranking them back. Um, yeah, <laughs> justification. Yeah, um, and honestly, I don't think it's like one moment that sounds clear. Like if someone says a trip, I like immediately have flashes of like all the great moments that I have and like I just, God, I love being a part of the team. I love being a teammate. I love being a friend. I am the epitome of loving the journey, <laughs> like totally yeah. loving the journey. So one doesn't necessarily stand out. It was all great. You name a trip and I'll be like, oh, I'll tell you, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have time? That's what it is. <laughs> no, I, you, you mentioned something really significant, I think, because like when we're like, so I didn't compete with you like between you, that, that 18, 19 to 27 phase, but like looking at the most recent and like the Olympic journey, we were traveling every single month to a new country. Right. And it was for like two and a half years, continuous, like hard under pressure. And the fact that you could go back and be like, wow, you know, like, I don't, I was, I mean, this might sound like a low key flex, but like, man, I've been, you know, to, to Paris the last three years in a row. I don't remember which memory goes back to which year and which thing it's hard to trace back, you know, a specific, uh, memory that goes back to an individual trip and then they start to blend together because they're just so compact right yeah so but like let's let me ask you like you talk about pranking like I, I I was afraid to this day actually I have a low like a deep fear about pranking another teammate just because of, I feel like it wouldn't go well what was like something that you would do oh my god so um I broke into coach you guys know him as uh coach Martel so I broke into Martel and Troy uh, Hirschkorn's room like that trip you could easily act like you belong to a room and they would give you their key like oh can I please have like the key for blah 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 and they're like oh here you go so I took their key I um put peanut butter over like every toothbrush every handle <laughs> every like 
just I, I saran wrapped their toilet. Um, I God, that peanut butter was everywhere. I'm not even a hundred percent sure. Uh, just anywhere I could think of where to put it. Like, I mean, I went to the grocery store to grab stuff and then, um, then uh, they got me back. And then one morning I woke up super early. I'm always like super excited on trips. So sleeping in is like not the thing. So I was like up at like five in the morning and the doors used to be like sit back. Like it was like, there was a setback and there was like a frame around it. I saran wrapped them like entirely into their door yeah like uh god that trip was it was literally a a back and forth at the training center oh training center probably not like my proudest moment but one of the athletes um was allergic to a detergent and his way of pranking was kind of like beating the crap out of me it was hilarious. It was funny. Don't get me wrong, but he was allergic to a detergent and you do your own laundry there. So when he, when the guys came to like pull me out of my room and like get me, I had detergent all over me. And so like, I just like, I just wiped it all over them. And I'm like 99.9% sure he had to go to the hospital and make sure like he wasn't having an allergic <laughs> reaction. <laughs> like, yeah so I don't get mad I get even so anyone out there wanting to prank me just uh be careful what you sign up for oh my (laughs) gosh yeah you you, that's like a full commitment right there yeah yeah no there's no half-assing a prank at that point yeah (laughs) that's amazing wow well then like Let's let's look at the competition side of things, right? And I, I think you bring up a great point because because I, I think of you as someone that has a very good balance between not only just like the serious and like the competitive side of things, but being able to like take a step back from from a trip, from an, uh, from a competition and realizing that, hey, like the competition is in the end of the day, just the competition. Like it doesn't, you know, you, you take, you're looking at deep things of like, hey, it doesn't really define who I was. It might've just had a bad day, but that doesn't mean I'm just, a, you know, a, I suck at everything, right? So, but like, what, what was like a distinct memory that stands out to you as like something that you accomplished or achieved throughout your career? That stands out to me. Um, or do they just all blend together too? No, it definitely doesn't blend. Um, I think what people don't realize is like, I enjoy it. I'm okay with a loss, but I'm extremely competitive. So I don't personally feel I ever hit the pinnacle of what I, what I was capable of. Um, I hate the word potential. I don't think I hit what my potential was, which is um, a lack of achievement to me. So individually, you know, Pan of Games was great, but it wasn't, my ultimate goal um so nothing like stands out where I'm just like oh my god I'm so proud this is great I can like retire on a high note I didn't hit it I think one of the greatest moments that I I had that like gives me butterflies and I'm actually super proud of is when I coached the women's team to a bronze medal at Worlds like that like I wish I could have that same feeling for me individually but just not there but for like I like my feet are sweating right now I'm so excited to talk about it like I literally it was just like I was so happy for them like it was just um so when I think about that like that is that's what my go-to thought is like what what achievement and it wasn't my achievement I was just a part of something great and um and that is what 
gives me heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and heebie-jeebies is like a very good way to describe it, I think, because you said that and I started getting butter, like the tingles, the goosebumps, <laughs> yeah. they're watching it live happening, you know, and like mm-hmm. all those, the, the excitement of like screaming your, you know, your tail off in the stands, like that's, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm getting yeah. worked up just thinking about it right now. That was like, a, that was a very, that's like a really good thing to think about. But again, to go towards who I think of you as a person is, is like the fact that that I said individual, right? But that you did not go individual. You're a contributing, right? You were helping someone else achieve a success on the highest possible stage, right? For our, for our sport. And, and the fact that you, you've mentioned something that, yeah, I was a part of this and I was like, I contributed, but it wasn't your, like, you didn't go, you weren't fighting for that. I, I, I not at all. I think that's amazing, you know? And, and again, another reason for why I look up to you in the ways that I do, but like looking at it there, you were a coach. When, like, were there ever any signs for you to like stop competing? Or like, when did you decide to go into coaching and such? Um, I kind of was like, a, I was like the athlete that had it mapped out. Um, <clears throat> I never like wanted to feel like I was chasing something. Like I didn't want to feel like, oh, I didn't attain it. So like, let me keep going. So from, for a while I had um, 27 being my age. Like, I was like, if I can't do it by 27, I'm moving on. I would have, like, finished my master's program. I need to get a career. I want to get married. I want to, like, so I always, like, had these, like, karate is a part of my life. It's not my life. And so if, it's, if I don't have it by that age, I'm out and I'm moving on. And that's, and I stuck to it. Um, it was Paris was my last world. I didn't get it. Um, and, and it was fine. Like I, I just was like, it's now or never. And I'm just gonna have more goals and change the path of my life. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned something that I've like, I think I value for myself and then for the athletes that I try to coach too is, is um, it's a part of your life. You know, yeah. like, like, like you don't have to be the person that's thinking and doing it 24 seven in order to compete at the highest level. Yeah. Like you have to train and put the work in all these things, but you just talk about like, a, like a distinct and specific balance is what I think a lot of athletes or younger athletes that are coming up are missing in the sense that like, oh my gosh, you know, like, and I, I had that same personal issue too, where I'd like karate became who, who I was as an individual. If, if karate wasn't going well, I'm obviously a horrible individual. And that's like the level it got to, right? But like the fact that you mentioned- Which adds unnecessary pressure. Right, 100%, completely, yeah. completely. But the fact that you're like, hey, like I'm doing this for the fact that I enjoy it and I'm gonna give it everything that I got for this duration of time and things like that. I don't think everybody has it as mapped out, right? Or as organized as you did, right? But at the same time. Not to say, let me say this, not to say that people who are like pedal to the metal all about karate, it was just for me, karate's not a professional sport. Um, I was working full time, like then training on top of that. And I didn't own a dojo. So I didn't like, like having that like freedom to, show up to a dojo and put in my hours whenever I want. I was still a student, you know, who would, had regimented times that were when we train. And so it just, for me in my life, like that, that whole idea didn't fit. Like I wanted to make money. I wanted to have a career. If I could be a professional karate athlete and also then retire with owning my house and having a fat bank account in which I can have 
a hundred babies and afford them the same opportunities, I definitely would, but it just, that wasn't in my cards. And so I, um, try to map out my life. Well, yeah. And, um, I mean like going off of the, the fact that you mentioned like going pedal to the metal is not something that I, I I'm, I'm more on that end of the spectrum as well, but like you figuring out essentially what works best for you within training and then having karate as part of your life is what I think I value most in your whole process here. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it right there. Yeah. Well, like, and, and now, now what are you doing? What do you do essentially on your daily basis now? What does your karate routine look like or throughout the day? During COVID. Well, let's say pre COVID cause you're coaching and everything still too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Pre slash during. Yeah. It could be either or. Um, so I teach, I've always taught whether I like came out of retirement to compete again. So teaching is still a huge factor. Um, and then work. I'm a normal sales. I'm a, a vendor. I'm a sales rep. I partially own a company with my mom. And so um, work, teach, train, <laughs> sleep. Be a wife. Yeah. That's <laughs> and like before we jumped on, actually, like I was like, you say sleep, but I feel like you don't you don't sleep that much. She was up at 5 a.m. this morning, ready to go. And sleeping in for you is 7 a.m. I was over here sleeping until like, man, sleeping in is like all day for me. I was excited. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I got camp today. Like kept checking my clock. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> hold it back, hold it yeah. back, hold it back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, like, okay, well, you, since you still, I mean, you grew up busy, but the fact that you're still busy to this day, though, like, how do you find the bad? Because that's a lot of stuff. We're not a, you're essentially working full time, you know, and you're training essentially full time, teaching full time, being a, a wife full time, and then being a person, right? Having time to enjoy for yourself as well. How do you manage the time for all of that? I definitely think the busier I am, the more productive and, um, focused I am like mm. if you um like there's like a saying my husband always says <clears throat> if you if you ask uh, if you want something done you ask a busy person to get it done if you ask someone that's not busy it'll never get done um so we're definitely just a busy family I definitely know that um I'm the most productive when I when I keep my day extremely full and so I was just, I was kind of raised like that. We don't, we don't know really chill. If I like have a lazy day, which means I'm cleaning the house and doing laundry. I'm talking to my mom and I was like, God, I was so unproductive today. Or if I took a nap, I, like there's a level of guilt. Like, oh my God, I took a nap today. Like, ugh, you know, but so I don't know. I just function better off of busy yeah, I, I, I hear that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm like the world's best chiller. Like I'm the most athletic, lazy person probably out which there. Is, I, which is totally fine. I think um, in large part, because we were raised literally being so busy, we don't know otherwise. Like from elementary school all the way to high school, we left the house at like, what, 7, 15 to get to school. And we didn't come home till nine o'clock at night because yeah, we went to school yeah. to a sport from that sport to karate then karate ends at nine o'clock we come home do homework repeat so our right. life was on this path of of 
we don't really i i'm a great chiller let me say that like let me not get it like twisted i'm a like you get me like hooked on a netflix show like i love movies i definitely know how to chill um i just know me in best form is busy (laughs) for sure for sure and i mean you're talking about like busy in the balance between all those things and in the end of the day i think that's what makes up a person right like the whenever you're all like and, and your version of balance is going to be different from my version of balance. And, Absolutely. you know, and that's how it, it functions throughout, throughout everybody. Right. It's a little bit different for each. Uh, I want to ask you about your coaching stuff a little bit, you know, oh, what, sure. like what, because you said, te- cause I'm similar in the boat that I teach. I've always taught like it's, there's never been a time where teaching has never been a part of what I do in the dojo. What do you enjoy about it most? Oh God. Everything. Um, I mean, like, if it's, like, me being a sensei and at home, um, God, like, my kids are, like, my family. Like, they're literally, like, my kids. Like, they're doing college applications right now, and I'm having to, like, you need to give me a heads up if you want to go away to school because I need time to process it, <laughs> you know? And so um, at home, it's, like, literally, like, God, like, I just love my kids so much. And I love everything about it. I love trying to, like, the competitive side, I definitely like, but I feel like it's the avenue for me to try to um, teach kids to be the best versions of themselves, whether it's not lazy, knowing passion, discipline, respect, creating their character, and trying to do my best on having them being outstanding human beings is my ultimate goal. And I just use karate as my avenue. And thank God I love karate. So um, in the dojo as a sensei, I literally, there's what's not to love. I love absolutely everything. The competitive side, having the opportunity to help mold a child into becoming a great adult um it's family like in here in Hawaii like our dojo like we are a hundred percent family so um I just super 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 grateful to have that family and to have uh kids willing to put up with my craziness and um then on the coaching side like national level coaching for my kids or for um the U.S. team and you know athletes on in continental us uh, i just love competing so whether i'm like on the mat or i'm just like on the side helping someone on the mat i'm like i want to win like how are we going to do this so just being a part of the process is uh great i i love coaching i love being a sensei so yeah, you, you mentioned like a whole, you like I enjoyed how you talked about the whole spectrum essentially of the levels to being a sensei, right? Not only are you just there to help the day-to-day individuals, but also to the point where like the athletes that want to compete on the highest level, you're able to do that. What have you been able to take from your experiences as, as an athlete and then essentially cater to the people that you teach? In life, God, I don't think we have enough time because like you just lo- use all your experiences to try and teach them. Uh, different things in life as an athlete specifically in the sport to the sport um it never ends every trip I go on um whether I'm competing or just coaching it's technical it's mental it's physical 
uh, it's it's constantly changing what the what the goals are for my athletes and what I want them capable of doing. Um, but I think more importantly, as the kids got older and they hit that elite level and they're trying to make the team or they're trying to medal at a Pan Ams or at a Junior Worlds, I think um, getting them to be confident in themselves is the pinnacle of like what my goal is because at this point like the work has been done um not all the work but technically and physically they should be where they need to be and having them believe in themselves the way I believe in them is the ultimate goal because if they are able to see themselves through my eyes like they'll go to that tournament and win guarantee (laughs) yeah no for sure I mean yeah (laughs) I I don't know a better way to say it but like talking about essentially empowering your athletes is like one of the most underrated things I think there is as a coach and someone that I think is able to do that, even with the people that is not, you're not familiar is you, of course. Right. And I think being able to, and having that same eye, right. For the sake that like, I can translate this energy, this power essentially to you, whether it's, you know, me who you see every once in a while, or the person that you see every day is a skill like that you have, you know, and, taking that as a part like what what would you think makes like an all-around coach oh passion sincereness um it's an art like working I think being a coach is not just like technical and knowing the sport I think it's like knowing kids knowing human beings knowing like when you go to a tournament it's not just can you coach this athlete it's what's the team's vibe are the parents like getting along are they on board or off board are they a part of it um, having your ability to work with the other coaches and making sure the vibe of the whole staff is um, positive and good. Um, so like coaching in a broad like way, I say all of that's important on a one-on-one base with the athlete, what makes a good coach. I think um, for us in the U.S., it's really hard because you go to these events and you are um, – paired up with someone either you do know or you don't know so if you do know reconnecting and building that rapport and asking the questions necessary for that trust to be built um and if you don't know them then immediately jumping in so that there's a level of uh so they're comfortable with you and so for me the biggest start of a coach to athlete uh, relationship and how it can move towards success is rapport and trust. And so that's just uh, me finagling, depending on the person, how to get there. Yeah. And, and like you being able to do that with people in your dojo, I think is, is, is like, it's not an easy task, but it's a simpler task uh, to where then you're looking at your experience on like the national program on like having these kids from all over the country or even you know, senior athletes from all over the country, people that you're not able to like train with and see every single day. And then having the ability to do that. Say, how would you do that actually, you know, with someone that you're not familiar with, right? So like, say you're coaching me and you haven't seen me in like, what is it over a year now, right? How would you go through with like trying to work through and connect to me? To you? Um, God. It's like a bias one right here. I'm trying to see. First of all, (laughs) let's start with the biggest hug in the entire world. Um, (laughs) And then we would go from there. Um, Questions, a lot of questions, a lot of joking, a lot of, um, I think 
probably the biggest way I, I break down walls is through my questioning, you know, and mm. my, my sincere wanting to know who this athlete is. Like I can, I mean, junior athletes that I've worked with, I can tell you the other sports that they played. I can tell you what their favorite color. I can tell you what they're nervous about, what their favorite techniques are. It's not even just like about karate. And then when the experience is over, making sure that I'm not like, all right, who's the next athlete, but staying connected mm. to them, you know, and making sure that relationship doesn't end. If I see them at nationals or I see them at US Open, like, hey, like, how are you doing? Like, how's your little sister? Like, how's your dog? Your dog was sick when we're up there, you know, and making sure that I am extremely present for every athlete. And they, when I'm talking to them, they feel like they're the only person in the world that I'm, that I care about. Yeah. You, and you do a great job. I think personally being, I, I'm, this is just, I've been giving you compliments the whole time. That's just, <laughs> that's just what I, it is. I love, I love this. Just, <laughs> oh, that's you, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, going into like kind of the last little bit here before we, we call it for today, of course, is like your, your husband is big into, or he is correct me if I'm wrong, a trainer, an athletic trainer for a wide variety of skill levels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A- so everybody from like day-to-day fitness to all the way to elite athletes. Uh, I wouldn't say so much day-to-day fitness. I mean, he like kind of will finagle into that, but he definitely likes the athletes that um, he likes the athletes. So he won't like pick up like a, actually, he's actually jumped into that a little bit, but jumping into like the mom groups and like, Oh, let's like, (laughs) you know, do fitness today. Uh, I I think it's a little bit more serious athletes than that. So yeah, more, more sports performance based for sure. For sure. And so like, through having him in like your household every single day and things like that, are there things that you guys have talked about to really like personalize like training programs for you or even coaching programs for you and how karate might be different than other sports? Ooh, he was on record to say I was the least favorite athlete he ever trained. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I was like, I was really, when I was older and I was, I trained with him. I think I trained with him before. When I came out of retirement recently, I didn't train with him. But the previous time I did, and he would like have our Hawaii group like running laps and stuff. And I'm just like, um, I'm good. I don't need to do that. And he, he's like a mile. And, I, and he's just like, what do you mean? It's part of the workout. I'm like, they all have to lose weight. I don't have to lose weight. Like I'm good. And he like would look at me and I'm just like, oh my God. And I would like go out there and like walk. And then when he sees me, I'd start jogging and I know he wanted to kill me. And I don't know why I was being so irritating, but, um, I was definitely his least favorite athlete, uh, I don't think he's joking. A part of me kind of hopes that he is joking, but um, I don't think he is. I think overall how you train, um, I mean, karate can definitely get super specific, but you're talking about like elite, like you need to be baseline athletic. Like if I tell you to do 10 pull-ups, you can do 10 pull-ups. If I tell you to do 50 push-ups, good form, you can do 50 push-ups. If I tell you run 10, hundreds in this amount of time with this much rest like you need to be an app like first and foremost it doesn't need to be and I think that's a lot of the misconceptions for young um, athletes in whatever sport 
I need sports specific training because I am a soccer player or no, you need to be an athlete first before we get into the sports specificness. Because if you can't hold a minute lunge, it doesn't matter how you're not quite the athlete you need to be before we get specific. So that would be my argument for sports specific. I think it's definitely overplayed. Yeah. Wow. You, you make like a serious point in the sense that like being being fit right just being able to be an athlete in the first place without getting into a specific specific sport is like just that's just functional you know because kids don't play just Mm -hmm. one sport anymore i think a lot of them are playing multiple sports right they might be emphasizing or like focusing on one particular sport but like it's it's more than just karate or just baseball or just anything that at this point and I, i i think that's a great point what do you guys do in order to like create that that theme for your your athletes athleticism yeah like oh so for me so he has like a whole different sector of his business I mean he he runs his own business and what he does is phenomenal I'll send our team and our athletes maybe once a year to go train with him um separately um but for me with my kids it's a hundred percent being athletes. I mean, when we're training for nationals or whatnot, I mean, I'm lucky if I get out of a workout and someone hasn't thrown up. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, it's just pushing them. And I think more than anything, a lot of the times when the kids don't know what hard work really is, they don't actually realize how much they're capable of. So that first like training they're like oh my god this is terrible I want to quit I have the conversations with the parents like they're going to want to quit just be supportive like don't yell at them if they're doing terrible like I just need you to cheer them on and let me be the punk and let me be the dickhead you know and so um it's pushing them and letting them know their body won't fail them and their mind won't fail them and then when they're there pushing them a little more pushing them a little more and so um it's physical it's mental um I think a lot of times though it ends up being mental because like my kids are so I mean my elite kids are definitely pretty darn athletic um so it's always just trying to get them on that edge of like where they think that I'm done and now it's almost bad because like I'll do check-ins like how are you guys doing and it's like I've always talked them like suck it up like if you're not first you're last like I mean I do so much trash talking to them that they don't speak out and so it's like no I'm good like I'm fine and we did this like hill workout and I'm always like there's a difference between pain and injury don't come to me with a pain you know what I mean if it's an injury like I understand and I see the kids kind of like playing with their hands and I'm just like really and so I go like up to one of my elite kids her hands are blistered Cameron and I'm just like oh my because I had them doing like this series up a hill and it's like hot you know and rather than like sense it, our hand is burning. They're just like sucking it up and going up the <laughs> hill, you know? And so part of me, I'm like, yes, like they're beasts. But the other part of me is like, damn, but you guys need to speak up. Like I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. So um, it's definitely pushing them physically and mentally. And God, what do we do? There's so much that we do, Cam. Like that's like a whole nother section on that. But a lot. They're athletes. I'm gonna yeah. say that much. Yeah. For sure. I mean to talk we to to go over 
training methods and all these things, we're definitely going to have to run another episode here in the near future. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming on though. This is, this is a, this is a fun one talking about, talked about the whole spectrum of balancing and being an athlete, a coach and, and then how to, how to get people to suck it up. I think I might just start using that as my intro from now on. <laughs> suck it up. Let's go. <laughs> oh, awesome. God. Thank you for having me though, Cam. I really appreciate it. Like, damn, I like, I kind of want to hug you and I can't, but thank you very through, much. Through the screen here at this yes. point. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Air hugs. Thank you. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Shan. And then uh, we'll look forward to, to the next one where we can talk a little bit more about training specifics. Sounds great. Thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Believe in the Punch. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow this podcast wherever you listen to it and share to everyone so we can get more listeners. Thank you again for joining this Matt Chat, and I look forward to having another session with you guys soon. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody, and a happy, safe holidays, and we'll see you next year. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.